Hey, sidekicks, at the end of the episodes, we've been telling you that we'll let you know where we are when we know where we are. Well, now we know. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and anywhere you stream your podcasts. You can also find us on social media at Cape Podcasters on the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Neato. Warning. This is a message from the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. They're working on it. Reminding you to watch before you listen. This show is full of spoilers and we literally talk about every scene in the movie. Also, we use some not-so-super language, so maybe make your kids go outside and play for a little while so you can listen to two grown men talk about people in costumes fighting other people in costumes in peace. Hello, citizens. Welcome to the Pod Cave. I'm Dave Michaels. And I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. This is a show where we talk about some supermen. And sometimes superwomen. What do we got today? Today, we are talking about the armored Avenger, old shellhead, the genius billionaire playboy philanthropist, Mr. Anthony Edward Stark, the invincible Iron Man. Spider-Man had much better nicknames. So much better. But that's because Spider-Man's a much better character and a much better movie. Ooh. This had to happen. I'm surprised it happened this early, but this had to happen. So I go through these movies. I nitpick for fun because I've seen them so many times at this point. And yeah, it sounds like we're kind of doing a bad movie thing. And then, you know, we love it. It turns out we love it. Of course. I don't love Iron Man. I do. Like a lot you love it or like- I thoroughly enjoy this movie. Oh, no. Are you going to ruin it for me? I hope not. No promises, but I hope not. Okay. Sincerely. I hope not, too. I'm nervous. I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm nervous. Yeah, me too. This is going to be be real weird. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is directed by Jon Favreau. Because who else? You know, the guy who did- Space Jumanji? Oh, you mean Zathura? Yeah, it's great. I actually really oh, like Zathura. Oh, is it? I haven't. I, I think haven't it's. Seen I think it. Zathura is great. I never saw it because I was just like, "Oh, it's Space Jumanji." He also did Elf. Elf. He also did Made. Made. He did Cowboys and Aliens because just couldn't decide what he wanted to do in that one. Sure, but that was after Chef, Jungle Book. Jungle Book also not good. Sorry, Johnny, throwing it out there. And then uh, my favorite role of his because yeah, he goes on the other side of the screen. Also, he's Danny in the Replacements. Yeah, he is. (laughs) (laughs) That's the guy who they pinned to direct Iron Man. You know, we chose this movie because we chose Batman, just to reiterate, 1989 Batman, because that was the kind of start of the superhero blockbuster. Yeah. We chose Spider-Man because that was the start of the modern superhero blockbuster. And we chose Iron Man because it's the start of... The MCU, the largest connected universe of comic book superhero movies. A game of cinematic chess that is played brilliantly. Over the last 10 years. Some would say it can go a little, well, no, that's the official start. Yeah. But it kind of goes even deeper than that. Because Kevin Feige is just a god, a producing god. Man, The man's been on the Marvel side, just lives and breathes comics, but- he was there for X-Men in 2000, 
and he carried straight through, and he's still going today. I don't understand how he pulled off this magic trick. That's an impressive run. And the magic trick had to start somewhere. Sure. It could have been anywhere. It wasn't. It was It was here with Iron Man. It really couldn't have been anywhere, though. Why is that? Well, because they had so few rights to so few characters. <laughs> That's a very good point. Spider-Man's Sony property. Right. Hulk is a universal property at yeah. this time. Hulk's going on at the same exact time again as Iron Man as well. Right. Just different studio entirely. I uh, want to say it was... I have a really great article here from, ironically, Vanity Fair. Of course. That's going to make an appearance later. <laughs> Not the Daily Bugle? Not the Daily Bugle. Uh, but they basically just, I want to say it was LA Times. Marvel only had B-list characters under there. Yeah. In their closet to play with. What do you do in Not that a lot scenario? of toys. Toys, exactly. So they decided to go Iron Man. They thought it was a cool character. Was that not a segue? You said toys. It was not a segue. Not intentional. What oh. do you got? Do you know why they chose Iron Man? Is it toys? It's toys. Jesus. Well, what oh, happened? So George Lucas decided <laughs> to get involved. What happened was they had, there were so many stakes behind this movie that they needed a sure thing. And the best way they saw fit was maybe we'll break even on the movie, whatever. Sure. Let's make some money on merch. So they had focus groups with children to find out which of their properties they had access to would be the most likely toy that a kid would but play with. But what choices did they really have? There's a lot of Marvel characters that the rights were they had, n- nowhere. They had but- Ant-Man. They had Doctor Strange. They had Black Panther. They had, uh, you know, Shang-Chi. The power this pack. is a real short list. Yeah, yeah, they didn't they didn't have a lot, but they had Captain America. Kids just wanted to play with the cool looking armored dude, though. Because what's so fun about throwing a shield around? <laughs> so, All right, so they decide to go with Iron Man. Yeah, apparently it was it was toys. an overwhelming majority of the kids were like, yeah, that one obviously. Really, he flies. He's got a cool suit. It's it's sometimes a really I, cool suit. I mean, when you put it next to a Doctor Strange action figure, it's. It looks a lot cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor Strange looks like, I don't know, the original character design looks like it's like lost in Harry yeah. Potter world. And they were probably using place. like original artwork of Ant-Man with the big bubble helmet. Yeah, not good. Not cool. Not they good. also had Cloak and Dagger, which. That's yours. A couple that's, of my favorites. That's your favorite. It is. But between Cloak and Dagger and Moon Knight, it's hard to choose, but. I still say Taskmaster. Taskmaster's great. Still. But he's a villain. Yeah. Yeah. But some would argue so is Iron Man eventually. Some would argue that. I don't know. And we'll get there at some point. Oh, absolutely. We so, will. Uh, yeah, they give John Favreau $140 million to say, hey, give me an Iron Man. Hey, but, I mean, is it any more outlandish than Sam Raimi or Tim Burton? It's not. And that's, they even, in interviews, have talked about it. Avi Arad was behind the Marvel movies, behind X-Men and behind Spider-Man. And they hired John Favreau, and they hired Sam Raimi, and they hired Brian Singer because they're not known for doing these types of movies. This is completely out of their comfort zone. Right. They they had done super interesting movies on a lesser scale. That's more or less a direct quote. Yeah. For sure. But it makes sense because we've been talking about the formula that these movies are using, where you get Sam Raimi, you get Tobey Maguire, kind of a weird pairing there. Yeah. And it works. And you get Tim Burton, and you get Michael Keaton, and it works. You know what's not a weird choice? Robert Downey Jr. Are we not in agreement on this? So why do you think it's not a weird choice? Because 
he embodies the character. He is Tony Stark. Yeah, because they made him Tony Stark. They have the same checkered past and Go qui- on. quips. Oh, quips. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell Robert Downey Jr. had quips. That never came up once in the movie. Well, in the movie, Tony Stark had quips. Oh, I know he did. So. Oh, I know he did. They don't ever stop reminding you how cool Tony Stark is. He's so cool. With his quips. He's great. I think the movie that got Robert Downey Jr. this job was Kiss Kiss Bang. Oh, Bang. absolutely it was. Because this is that character to a T, te- at least the same representation Favreau of. said it was. But it's the, the fast-talking, I'm charming and I'm clever, yada, yada, I'm yada. a likable asshole. That's exactly it. Yeah. I don't like the character. That's fair. Uh, because I don't think this, but I, don't, I also don't think that this is the same character that we see in Infinity War. Well, that's because he's grown. He's grown a lot. I Absolutely. understand that. But I think that the, the portrayal of the character is night and day at this well, point. Well, Stan Lee actually said that when he created Iron Man, when he created Tony Stark, that he wanted to create a character that people wouldn't like and then make them like him. That was his whole plan the whole time. So John Favreau got halfway there with me, at least. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> well, we also have a villain. Of course. Let's there's bring up the villain. There's always a villain. It's a pretty good villain. It's a great villain. As as one-dimensional as everybody says these parallel villains are, they set it up so well, and it's masterfully acted by the one and only Jeff Bridges. Yeah. His character design in this is aces. It's great. Bald Bridges with the beard, and he actually looks like a big guy. He does. Like intimidating businessman. It's so good. I'm a big fan of Jeff Bridges in this. I'm a big fan of Jeff Bridges in most things. That's fair. This is no exception. That's fair. And the weird thing is is that the year after he does this, he gets his Oscar. Yeah. For Crazy Heart. And we also have another Oscar winner in this cast with Gwyneth Paltrow. With Gwyneth Paltrow. Pepper Potts. As Virginia Pepper Potts. I love Pepper Potts. I absolutely love Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. Are we going to disagree on this part? Is fine. Why is she? She's okay. Uh, I will say this. She's definitely the most developed uh, female. She has a character. We've seen. She's not a damsel in distress by any means. Any she's movie a character. So far. Yeah. And she does things in this she movie. She does things. She actually does things. She gifts hearts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she delivers them heavy handed too, some would say. Yeah. Because, you know, the amount of subtlety in this movie is uh, it's about the, the same as the. I got nothing. <laughs> nice. It's not good. So it's not a subtle movie? It's not a subtle movie. This movie takes everything and just it's... beats you over the head with it. Yeah, I don't think anybody would claim it's a subtle movie. It's there's it's not nuanced. It's It's not at all nuanced. This is hey, we have this B list property and we want you to like it. It's true. <laughs> but there's an in the Vanity Fair article that I'm going off of, Favreau even says that what a lot of these movies previous did, the Spider Man and x-men franchise what they did was they ignored the fans yeah they completely ignored the fans they just went their own way what's going to make the money let's do it this way right this movie doesn't ignore the fans at all this is this is iron man this is yeah i wish they kind of ignored the fans a little bit oh go on i just thought that i feel like this movie plays down to its audience in the sense that there's nothing there that there's nothing that the audience has to work for this is your definitive popcorn movie. That's where fair. Everything is spelled out for you. That's fair. Except the only thing they really play with is timelines a little bit. Yeah. And that's the only thing you really have to work for and a tiny, tiny bit. And it's nay, and it's not even that much. And it's not that much. But this But they do a great job of of setting the stakes early in the mo- in the movie. They completely do. But 
you have newer movies, more recent movies like Spider-Man Homecoming, which, yeah, it kind of spells it out for you as well. But there's a twist in there yeah. that you will never see coming in a great, great way where that whole yeah. third act yeah. takes an entirely different tone. Whereas this, I feel like they tried to play for, I'm not going to call it a twist. They kind of hold your hand into it. And it just, it kind of falls flat for me because it's, it's an obvious one. It's an obvious who the villain is. Is it? It is because they want you to think that it's, what's his name? Raza? Is that his name? Yeah. The part of the 10 rings, which we don't learn about. Ten rings till they, they really just two thirds of the movie. It was an afterthought. Out. They're just like, oh yeah, it's ten rings. But I feel like they want you to think that it's him the entire way. Sure, but he's not doing anything. No, he doesn't do a whole lot of anything. He's not a threat by proximity by anything. The closest person to Tony is the only person who's going to betray him realistically, and it's Obi. Yeah, and I love how they call him Obi. I do. It like makes that. me so yeah. happy. That's an adorable nickname for a terrifying looking man so you're saying that the first time you watched this movie you knew immediately that he was going to be the bad guy yes but i enjoyed it the first time i saw it too i've only seen this movie three times i saw it in the theaters opening night yep i saw it once on dvd after that probably a couple years after that i haven't seen this in i'm gonna call it eight years wow at this point until wow and uh maybe it's a sign of where we've gone maybe i don't know if it's something to talk about now or after the movie but i feel like it's hard for a single superhero movie to exist now. Because even in Spider-Man Homecoming, that's a Spider-Man movie. Right. But Tony Stark makes his move in that's that. True. The that's same true. Time. And I feel like movies like... Well, they had to start somewhere. I'm going to call it Captain America movies. Yeah. Because in Winter Soldier, you're starting to introduce other superheroes that right. are named. And Civil War was the one that kind of said, like, we can do this. Right. We can set up Infinity War. And Infinity War comes out and you got every fucking name under the sun. Yeah. But I feel like... Where we are now, it feels like you can't have a superhero, just a single. Because even Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah, it's didn't true. Do it. So it's a weird, th- it's where we are now, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it, it could be because we're spoiled. I, I mean, that has a lot to do with it. And that could be it. Maybe that's why this didn't sit well with me this time around. Maybe. Should we just get into it? I think we just get All into right. it I at think this we just point. get into it. Do you want to know how uh, John Favreau describes this movie? How? He calls it a kind of independent film espionage thriller crossbreed, uh, a Robert Altman-directed Superman with shades of Tom Clancy novels, James Bond films, RoboCop, and Batman Begins. All right, let's break that down. Let's. It is an independent movie. Yes, absolutely, 100%. And it is well known that it's an independent movie, and that's an expensive-ass independent movie. It's a gamble. Oh, it was a huge Marvel. gamble. And they had they had no money. No, they So didn't. they had to put up actual intellectual property. Yeah, which is... If this movie had flopped, they would have lost the movie rights to Ant-Man, the Avengers. Gone. Black Panther, Captain America, Doctor Strange, Nick Fury. They literally put the universe on the line. Big time. What was the next thing in that? Uh, After that, oh, it was uh, espionage thriller crossbreed. Don't know how it's espionage. Because uh, Obadiah Stane. They stole files once. Okay, that's fair. That's not espionage. I mean, they stole them. I guess. (laughs) Thriller? Depends on your definition of thriller. What else you got? It was thrilling. Uh, Robert Altman directed Superman. All right. That's a person who has never watched a Robert Altman movie. John Favreau has never watched? I'm I'm assuming not. And Robert Downey Jr. would have disclaimed that because Robert Downey Jr., I believe, was in Shortcuts, Robert Altman movie, where Robert Altman kind of let the scene breathe a little bit. Yeah. This movie doesn't let anything breathe. (laughs) (laughs) So it's 
I disagree again. With shades of Tom Clancy novels. Yeah, they traveled to a desert. That's they do true. that yeah, in Clancy-esque things. Yeah. Yeah. James Bond films? No. Hard no. Hard no. Because this is, this is your typical billionaire superhero here. This is – and he's – He's kind of a playboy. I get it. He sleeps with women every now. He picks them up no problem because he's rich and charming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe. Oh, we got a maybe. We got a maybe. RoboCop. He's a robot man. Yeah, <laughs> that's who's. And Batman Begins. No, because he's a billionaire superhero. That's the only thing. Yeah, it's the only thing out there. So I mean, but if you combine all those little pieces from each of those things, yeah, then you got you're halfway there. Neat. So this movie opens up in the desert. In the desert. Of what country? Uh, that would be Afghanistan, of course. Is it? Yeah. Was it said? It, it is uh, Kunar Province, Afghanistan. All right. Per the subtitles. I didn't read it. Subtitles? Didn't read it. So not a good start for me already. Well, they didn't actually say it. a personal bad start. It didn't say it until they cut to the... Uh, you know, where ACDC starts playing. Oh, I got that. You got the silent opening with the, the Humvees. Which was fine. across the desert, which I liked. And then. Yeah, I call them fun Vs. Well, well, I'm back here in the humdrum V. <laughs> back in Black's playing, and that's actually kind of a neat Bam. little Bam. opening. I kind of like it. It was a great opening. And then Robert Downey Jr. is in the back of the of the Humvee drinking a scotch. Drinking hand. And trying to befriend army fellows. Of course. And charm them. Didn't know you were a woman. I laughed a little. Oh, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Is, uh, and then you get is the... it true you went 12 for 12 with the Maxim cover models? I really like that. That was a great line. It's... But you get quick talking downy. Of course. So quickly. Guy, is it cool to take a picture? Oh, it's very yeah, cool. I don't want to see this on MySpace. Might as well have said Macy Gray. Dated well, the movie so hard already. <laughs> but the thing is, this was post MySpace. This was. Um, this was. Yeah, this, this was three MySpace years probably into Facebook. Gone, I would say. So I think it might have been a joke. I think it was a it was a tongue in cheek, like oh, I better not see this Maybe on your not MySpace. With it. One of those types he's of things. Tony Stark. Yeah, he's good with playing with gizmos and stuff. Maybe he's not. I think he's probably familiar with with the face space. Oh boy, Jarvis, what's on Mark Zuckerberg? I think he was just making a joke, like I don't want to see this on MySpace. <laughs> Get it? Because nobody uses MySpace unless MySpace, like that was their last. Unless big two, thing. unless two thousand eight was like it was still like. Pick your top eight because you're going down with that ship. I don't That's know. That's fair. That's fair. Giving you a heads up. You immediately don't know if you should take Tony seriously, though. Yeah, that's fair. Comes off as very not professional. Yeah. But that's fine. Uh, bomb goes off. Boom. Shit gets real, real quick. Yeah. He goes and hides behind a rock. Yeah, he, get, he <laughs> becomes a, a scared little boy. He does. And he, then he gets blown up. Himself and on the side of that that little mortar is Stark Industries. Stark Industries, and that's a wonderful little touch. And he goes, "Uh, what?" Yeah, very confused. So naturally, he's going to get captured. They make a they make one of those terrorist videos, right? As was in vogue in two thousand eight, and Iron Man, Iron Man. We did it. We made it. Ting. Uh, this next scene I actually really like. It's a good scene. So we're we're. Two for two on good scenes yeah. to start. Oh, wait, are you going to- I'm trying to figure out where this movie goes off the rails for me. Now- So I'm actually working through something right now. In previous episodes- Yeah. You have shit all over the movies, and then at the end, been like, I love this movie. So are you yeah. just going to go through every scene and be like, this was a good scene, and then at the end, be like, I didn't like it. Maybe. I like it. Can't Let's say. do that. Maybe I'm the villain. I don't know. Some start, people just want to watch the world burn. Starting to see that way. 
Cut to Las Vegas 36 hours earlier. Yeah, that's not a long time earlier. No. But it was a good cut because I this this whole award ceremony, the Apogee Awards. Yes, the Apogee Awards. They got the montage showing Tony and where he comes from right. and Obi. And- Four years old, built his first circuit board. Six years old, built his first engine. 17, graduated summa cum laude from MIT. MIT does not graduate people with honors, by the way. Where'd John Favreau go to school? Where right. did not MIT <laughs> go to school? They don't know. It's fine. It sounded great. It did. I really liked this the way they introduced the character, though. Because yeah. well, the backstory to the character the they get it out of the way sure. real fast. Uh, once again, parents are dead. We find out in the first six minutes of the movie. Got killed outside a theater <laughs> after a guy tried to steal pearls. Yeah, we know. I feel like if the parents die, you have to you have to let the audience know that within the first ten minutes of the movie. I have a question. Seems serious be... question for okay. you. What superheroes have parents? I almost said Black Panther, but nope. 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 <laughs> uh, if you go down the list of them. Well, you got you got Batman and Superman. Had. They had parents. That, that's fair. Their parents got Oh, I didn't time. mean to say Batman at all. Just Superman. Fair. Uh, Cloak and Dagger. All of the Runaways. Yeah, those were great movies, too. Uh, all right. So I watched some... some... <laughs> Teen Marvel shows. That's fine. <laughs> I watch some Teen CW DC shows. I watch all of those. And they're so good. They're great. Also, lack of parents. Yeah. Poor Barry. <laughs> all right. So Jeff Bridges accepts the award because. And you're saying you knew at this moment nope. that he was the villain. Nope. Oh, okay. He accepts the award because Tony Stark is, in case you haven't seen it already, very cool. He doesn't care. No, he's always working. He's always working, Wink. And he's playing craps. And well, You know Tony. The, the best thing about Tony is also the worst thing. It's true. He's always working. Also, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. He's the reason Robert Downey Jr. got the uh-huh. job. He sure is. <laughs> and then, you know, he fucked off. I want to know how much money Don Cheadle's made. Uh, Don Cheadle's laughing his ass oh, to yeah. bank off of this thing. Meanwhile... And I don't even know if he's a better roadie, tell you the truth. They're about it's, equal to me. Because yeah, Terrence Howard was fine. Doesn't have a lot of heavy lifting to do. No. Simple as that. He's no. fine. He's got he's got well, that one line. Next time, baby. Next time, baby. It's a good one. So he's playing craps. Uh, he's still fast talking. He's got sunglasses on inside because, again, he's cool. He's a cool guy. Let's keep that in mind. He's a very cool guy. He's a cool guy. He gets outside, gets the car, and we meet Christine Everhart, played by Leslie Bibb. Christine Everhart. Everhart. Played by Leslie Bibb. Leslie Bibb. Let me tell you something about Leslie Bibb. She was, uh, as a child growing up, Yeah, she was one of my first uh, Hollywood crushes. You know, Between her and Sarah Michelle Gellar, forget it. How old are you thinking you were? Uh, I was probably 12? Brittany Daniel, for me. Okay. Uh, off of Joe Dirt, weirdly enough. Sure. Yeah. No, it makes sense. I don't think she did anything after that, but yeah. she's great in that. Shout out to Brittany Daniel. <laughs> She does a good job in this. She does. She's very believable. Doesn't have a lot to do, but- You know where else she... she's believable? Where? Talladega Nights. As Mrs. Ricky Bobby. Mrs. Ricky Bobby. Uh, she's great in that. She's, she's That's she's... such a good movie. And The Range. Yeah. Is yeah. Ricky Bobby a superhero? Can we cover that movie? I think we could. <laughs> he flies at the end, sort of. He pisses excellence. That's a superpower, right? Yeah. I, I, I approve. It's more superpowers- than Tony Stark has, and more superpowers than Batman has. That's true. And about the same amount of money. No, that's not true. That's not true. That's not a even, lot less. Not money. even close. A lot less. Not even close. Still a lot. Uh, she starts asking about his business. 
Right. He answers about his business. As reporters do. Yeah, and his answer apparently got her all hot and bothered. And Well, I think it wasn't until that last part that she got hot and bothered. She was like, have you ever lost a sleep, an hour sleep in your life? And he's like, I'm prepared we'll to lose, lose a few. For you. You. That's pretty good. That's, and then they go and then they go to the bone zone. Bone zone. Boink town. Yeah, and, Population. But you want to know what you have to be careful of whenever you go to the bone zone with Tony Stark? What's that? Getting woken up by Jarvis. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Sometimes, sometimes you go to the bone zone with Tony Stark and get woken up by Jarvis. By a robot. Yeah, you know, you get yourself in new. Not, you're not waking up alone, that's for sure. Well. And that's good. The important thing to remember after you get woken up by Jarvis is to not talk shit to Pepper Potts. Oh, she will slap you the fuck <laughs> down. She put her right in her place. Oh, man. Was that our introduction to Pepper Potts? That was because our introduction it, to Pepper Potts. Taking out the trash. Sometimes she oh, even man. takes out the trash. I love that line so much. I love it so much. And I love Pepper Potts. You got that nice wide shot of Tony's modern-ass Malibu cliffside mansion. And we only know it's Malibu because it tells us it's Malibu. Right. The same spot on the screen where it told us it was Afghanistan Which earlier. I missed completely. Yeah. That's good. I caught this one was Malibu. Yeah. So we're... I got half the locations, right? That's great. <laughs> All right. We kind of get a deeper dive into Rhodey here because we get on the airplane and start talking about the... Doesn't, yep. want, doesn't want the hot sake. Takes the hot sake. What's, Tony Stark employs slutty stewardesses. I was, I have that written down. I was like, somehow he has flight attendants that are also pole dancers. Yep. I mean, if you're going to have a private jet. Fine. That's I, probably I mean, the way to do it. It's your life. It's your business. You it's, hire the people you want to hire. It's not going to leave without you. That's what he tells them. Always putting people in their place. Yeah. He, he's like, I've been waiting here for you three hours. And he walks past him and goes, yep. yep, now we're waiting on you. Yeah. All these goddamn smash cuts annoy me in this. Uh, it is very quick. Yeah. Because I don't want a sock, and then he's drunk right away. And they do that so often in this movie because they do it again later. Oh, yeah. They want that quick payoff. They do want that quick payoff, but I think it's cheap. It's because he does it again. Just tell him it's a training exercise. Not going to tell him it's tra- it was a training exercise. Maybe they only do it with Rhodey. Maybe that's his thing. And maybe he said, This maybe is it's stupid. Like, Here we are, smash cut Rhodey. Howard out. No, because uh, he just wanted more money. Well, why wouldn't he? Because for Iron Man too, and uh, and they were like, no, we're going to get this Cheadle guy, and then he's going to make millions in the following movies. How much do you think he would have wanted? Because this movie know. is kind of notorious that Robert Downey Jr. was a risk at this oh, point. Yeah. He only got paid five hundred thousand dollars for this movie. That's nuts. And this is Tobes McGobes made more for uh-huh. Spider Man. And this is a big time Robert Downey Jr. movie. Oh, absolutely. There, I mean, there's no doubt about I mean, not that. Gonna, next movie got paid $10 million after they realized, like, no, we built, well, we're sure. building a whole entire well, franchise base. Also, also, this movie came out, and then Hulk came out, and Disney said, oh, $4 billion, we want that Marvel Studios. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so exactly. Like, okay, let's throw money at Tony, then. Well, you have to. I said Tony. Tony. Instead of... <laughs> it's because it's the same person. Robert. He's quick-talking and charming. Fine. So are you suggesting he's not even acting? Is that why he upsets you in this movie? Because he's not even acting. There's one scene where he's noticeably acting later in the movie. You know what's funny? The majority of this script was improv That's pretty good for improv They didn't have like a, a finished script at all. And uh, Tony would take, would want, uh, Robert Downey Jr. would want to take multiple, he would take multiple sure. takes. Because he's like, I want to try something else. I need to talk faster. I need to be more clever. And and Gwyneth Paltrow was having hard times matching him because she had no idea what he would, was going to say next. And you kind of feel that a little bit, but it, it works really well. Jeff Bridges also said that he wasn't comfortable at first with the uh, with how improvisational 
uh, because he's he's the kind of guy he's like he shows up on set has his lines memorized he's ready to he's go a pro. he's, he's been a around pro. Uh, he said he once he realized it was like a multi million dollar student film that he had more a little more fun with it. That's good. Yeah, he's definitely having fun in this. Oh, for sure. We get to the Jericho presentation. We sure do. This is a great scene. It's a very good scene. Yeah, it's, it's Tony's monologue, one of his only in the movie because everything else is so quick. Yeah. Some people say the best weapon is the one you don't have to fire. I prefer the one you only have to fire once. That's how Dad did it. That's how America does it. I'm not even looking at notes. This... Oh, I can see that. You're looking <laughs> me dead in the eyes as you say that. And it's worked out pretty well so far. And you got the in- uh <laughs> Good for you. I like this movie. I could tell. Oh, and then the Jericho, they launch it, and it blows up behind him, and he's got the arms, arms out. Arms spread out. Total Jesus mode. Uh-huh. For those of you at home, me and Brian have our arms fully out right now. We as are we say this. We're like in a Creed music uh-huh. video, pretty much. <laughs> arms wide open. It blows up. Kaboom! Uh, ends pretty quickly. He knows he sold him. Yep. And then he gets in the fun V, and then he, he calls fun... he calls Obi on his fancy Verizon LG uh-huh. switch flip phone, which Whoa. I don't remember the name of, but we sold those at Best Buy. I remember that. Because that was back when I was working at Best Buy. It's probably like as big as like the Matrix sliding phone was. Yeah, they're, imagine. Like, they're like, oh, that move, that yeah. phone from from Iron Man, uh, which, by the way, would not have worked over there because they don't have Verizon and or the same CDMA bands. So that phone would not have worked at all. So this movie's just not accurate just, anywhere. No, so factually, Garbage. but it's fun. Damn it! They got a, they improved. Sure Bring a did. phone to set. We'll improv it. Uh, get in the Humvee and the, the fun V and the humdrum V. Yeah. And we're all caught up. We are all. And then I think this is kind of where the movie really gets going a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, all. Here's the main major players. You need to know what you need to know. Use your introductions. Let's get to the story. Let's move on with the plot. So he gets, uh, he gets some shrapnel in the old heart. Yep. Oh, bummer he, when that happens, isn't it? Yeah, he it? gets an electromagnetic. Well, no, he gets a magnet. Just outright magnet just put a, in there with a car battery. A keep the shrapnel out of the heart. Thank you, Yinsen. We don't know it's Yinsen. Welcome to my issues. So, mystery man, mystery, sure, mystery professor, man. looking fella. Yes, does all this work for Baldy him. with the glasses. Yeah, and he's a very nice man. He is a very nice man. Uh, does all this. Tony has major chest surgery here. Yep. There's got to be a hole in his sternum for this magnet to sit in. I That's like how true. he's carrying the, the car battery around, which is you have to. lovely. Uh, I just called him terrorists at this point because we don't know anything about him. Yeah, that's what I've been. Uh, there they are my notes. They want to build a Jericho. They want to build a Jericho. Tony sees all that. All the boxes are lying around that say Stark Industries all over. So they have all of his weapons, and he doesn't like it. Nope, that's not okay. How they get all my weapons? So that that lady from Vanity Fair was right. There's no accountability. I really like that line that she said too. That made me really happy when she said that about no accountability. Yeah, it was a good line. She didn't improv that. No, 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 no. Um, Jensen's all like, this is your legacy, bro. Stop calling Jensen because it's not his name yet. Okay. We are about 20 minutes away from learning that's his name. I'll tell you when because I wrote it down because it annoyed me that much. Okay. So mysterious stranger's like, hey, this is your legacy, bro. Mysterious surgeon guy. Mysterious surgeon guy. Who the first time I watched this, I said, bad guy? Is he trying to win him over? Maybe? There was was a moment. Yeah. I was like, is this guy? But this other scientist is... Pretty much lecturing and explaining things and translating. Yeah, for for Tony, 
we don't know who the hell this guy is. And this is, he's been in now two major scenes where it's drawn out and he has a lot of dialogue. They want him to build the Jericho. He starts building the bomb. Uh, Tony Stark has these stupid cutoff mittens that took me right the fuck out of it. Really? Yeah. I hated it. I mean, it's really cold in those caves. They look so, it was just, I don't know. It was so stupid to me. It's because he's wearing the gloves. Uh, It took me right out of it. I didn't care for it. I honestly have no idea what you're talking about and never noticed the gloves. Yeah. Good luck next time. It's a lot uh. like a stormtrooper bumping his head. Is <laughs> You will notice something. You'll say it's stupid. Uh, they're still working together. Him and Mystery Man. Yep. And he says, by the way, what's your name? And he says his name is Jensen. I'm Jensen. This is so long after they've been working together. Is this before or after the arc reactor? This is, I believe, right after they put the arc reactor in. Okay. Or no, it was right before. Okay. They're they're working on the arc reactor. And Oh yeah, he's like he's porn with the crucible and everything. And he said, Don't worry about it, I got steady hands, why do you think you're still alive? Right. Like, that's, like, oh yeah, what's your name, by the way? Yeah. So they put the arc reactor and he says his name's Jensen. Uh this entire scene really bothers me because these are the worst uh, are the terrorist villains in a way? Yeah. These are the worst villains in the history of... What do you think? Do you not think terrorists are villains, Dave? Oh, come do on. Do you not love America? Come on. I see what you're doing here. I don't I don't care for it. But these... Well, that these, was kind of the tone of the movie. It's, it's like, true. These are terrorists, but so these, you know they're bad guys. These bad guys are so fucking stupid. This He's clearly not building a bomb at any point. Well, the one guy point. says, he's like, this doesn't look anything like the plans. He's like, no, that's it right there. It's just backwards or whatever. Dumb. They have this thing completely wired up video-wise, clearly not building a bomb. And I really like the shot where you see the Tony set up with the arc reactor in his chest for the first time, and it's all blue. And it's the size of his entire chest. body. And again, that's not a bomb. How long does that take him to work on? I don't know, but I feel like they're they're probably like, all right, well, he's not carrying on a battery anymore, so he's probably going to be able to make my bomb quicker now. You'd think so. I understand that. Those are reasonable terrorists at the case. But then the one guy comes up and he looks through the little peephole and sees that they're just generally working. Yeah. Are you going to question the genius of Tony Stark? They, my whole issue with this entire scene is that they are clearly not building a missile and the terrorists do nothing. Well, I think what happened was they're- They're working on a robot leg at one point. Yeah. What does that have to do with missiles? Yeah. And they're watching him do it and they don't do anything well, about it. that's when they start getting suspicious. Like, oh, that's when you want to raise questions. What's with the leg thing here? Yeah, that's when you want to. Well, here's the thing. These terrorists pivoted because their original goal, I mean, they are they were hired to kill him. And they're like, oh, no, we have him here. Let's have him just make the missile. That's a bad pivot. Well, yeah, but. Because they're not. They're, they're watching this guy make something that's not what they asked him to make. And this goes on. He's been in captivity for three months, he says, a little later on. Yeah. He has two major chest surgeries in this. And he builds an arc reactor. Yeah miniaturized yeah. in a goddamn cave. Something with that, scraps. With scraps. He builds a robotic leg. That's the only thing we really see. And yeah. then and then uh, Raza finally gets wind of what they're doing. He, he says, looks, you have one day. Something's going on. And then he builds the whole fucking suit, more or less, I feel in like a at, day. At that point, it was probably just assembling. You want to think that. Oh, actually, now that I'm thinking back to the, the montage of him uh-huh. pounding out. Pounding out on that day. Metal. He built the suit in a day. Well, good for him. That's the genius of Tony Stark. Also, clearly not building a missile in that day, and they're watching him the entire time. Well, maybe this they is thought so they'd be surprised. Weak. This is so weak. But he did have missiles built into the suit, so at some point they probably saw him making missiles. 
He's building a suit. It's not a secret. But the suit is hidden in the corner where the cameras can't see it. They don't know where the cameras can't see. We don't see it at all. And they, they end up uh, putting a bomb on the door. How do they not see that coming? Guy opened this, the One guy opens the door and they, he blows the fuck up. Uh, goes in, Tony goes into the suit for the first time and they load they load up the program into there. And yep. That's when we find out how smart Tony is because he already knows it's on the screen even though he can't see it. It's true. And then Yinsen goes to buy time, and he so goes, goes, time. goes to go see his family. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to see my family when I leave here. Tony fucks up a lot of people, just throwing punches around in that cave. I'm gonna say something, and I don't have this note written uh, down many. Yeah, go ahead, many times, uh, but I do have it written down at least twice. Ramin fucking Jawadi. What? He's the composer. Ramin fucking Jawadi. No. Uh, yes. A very resounding... No, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And I'm saying he did a garbage job. He's as bad of a composer in this movie as these guys are terrorists who ask somebody to build a bomb and they watch him do it and he doesn't build a fucking bomb. This score is garbage in a toilet. It is terrible. Is it? It is terrible. What's so bad about it? All it is is basic guitar riffs. That's it's, literally what he was asked to do. That's stupid. Because Tony Stark is more more of a rock star than he is a superhero. Well, they should have put some goddamn rock in there instead of a child it learning how to play like electric guitar for the first time. you have a serious issue with Jon Favreau. No, because Danny in because Replacements is my favorite thing in that movie. That was him acting. <laughs> yeah. Jon Favreau in Sopranos playing Jon Favreau, I loved. But directing Iron Man... I love Elf. Elf is great. I love Zathura. On record saying that already. John John Favreau doing Iron Man? I don't know. Maybe not a fan. But So you, you're telling me the guy that... I wrote down directly. The guy that wrote this song... And also the theme to Westworld. Yeah. Did a so, bad job on Iron Man. Yeah. Went two for three. But why did I write down his name then? I really liked it. No, it's ba- it's it's a... To be fair, I did put a question mark after it. I wrote... And that's fair. I wrote directly, Rami corner fucking... guitar playing, I miss Danny Elfman. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was... No. I thought it, it fit it so... the character. Because the character is boring and one-dimensional I, and simple. I disagree. And they try to add depth via dialogue and it doesn't work. Oh, Dave, Dave, Dave. Iron Man blows the fuck up. He lights everything on fire. Yep. And then he goes and lifts off and the suit instantly crumbles. You uh, know, that hail of bullets. Boy, he's lucky he didn't get shot in the hands that are just basic gloves or the giant goddamn eye holes that are there. Wow, he's lucky. Also, Yinsen Man, the Stark industry, y- Yinsen dies. He goes see his family. His family's been dead the whole time. But Iron Man gets shot all up. These Stark weapons must not be great. Those eye holes are so, massive. And you're telling me you're going to blame the Stark tech and not the terrorists that weren't smart enough to realize he wasn't building a bomb? That's fair. That's They're very fair. probably not great aim. They probably aren't great marksmen. Definitely not. But some would say that Iron Man's not a great marksman because this movie totally misses the mark. So moving on. Disagree. Uh, we get to the crumbles. Luckily, he goes marching through the, the desert with both his arms flailing about like crazy. Like like Johnny Depp. Like you do. <laughs> Where's all the fun gone? 
It's not an Iron Man. It's still in the movie. <laughs> Rhodey luckily finds him. Well, yeah. They're, That's nice. They're He's been missing for three, three months, months. And they just happened to... Three Well, months. what happened was there was that giant explosion when all of the Stark tech went up. Yep. And they're like, hey, let's go see what's going let's on go over see there. what that is. And then they fly over and go, hey, look, it's Tony. What he wants is he wants a cheeseburger, an American cheeseburger. Obviously. It's fine. Who wouldn't? That would be my first thought on the, when I got back is give me a give damn me a- cheeseburger. Probably not a Burger King cheeseburger, but a cheeseburger nonetheless. Yeah, no, that's pretty fair. He's in California. Why not just ask for an out? Why no, it doesn't suck? What doesn't suck? We meet a true hero. A true hero. We meet Phil Coulson. Ah, I have his name in all caps uh-huh. right here. <laughs> Phil fucking Coulson. Agent Coulson. What a treat. He's amazing. What a treat. He's, he is. It's so good to see him up and about. Just. <laughs> and not being dead. Well, I mean, spoiler alert. He's not. It's so good to see him again. It's, it's so, so good, good to meet to him again. Him. Yes. The, the How about first that? introduction of Phil Coulson with the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. It's a long name. They're working on it. We're working on it. Uh, Tony's so cool that he doesn't want to do the press conference from the podium. He sits on the floor. Why does everyone sit down? We'll do this a little. Yeah, I'm, what the, what's wrong with that? The man literally just got off it. Uh, He's back to being a showman again. Instantly. I think this is actually more about him not being a showman. If he was a showman, he would have stood up there and been like, blah, 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 blah. And he Look does. Me. And he does. When he makes the big announcement of not making weapons anymore, he goes right behind the podium he again and make it all official again. sit down. And then you see and everyone jump up. cheeseburger. He was just in captivity for three months. You're questioning his motives? I am. Right before he announces that he's not, not making, weapons, making anymore. weapons anymore. And then he goes along and makes a giant weapon for himself. Well, it wasn't intended to be a... Well, I guess it was, huh? He was just perfecting the... The, the suit that he... The suit that flies. The, the killer suit. The flying With the suit. missiles and the arms and the, the, fi- the flamethrower. Yeah, you know, flying suit he, where he's purposely shooting around. So, again... You know, we don't have to worry about character development or anything here. It's fine. We'll carry on with it. He announced they're not making weapons anymore. Obi freaks out about that. They go by the giant arc reactor. The giant one. That was a novelty in air quotes. Right. It was a pub- But it also powers the entire of Stark Industries, it was as a they say. Publicity stunt to get the hippies off their back. It's true. But they also say it does power the entire facility. Yes, they did say that. It doesn't make it so much publicity stunt as something that's extremely useful. Well, it's not cost effective though, is what he's saying. True. So it's more of a publicity yeah. stunt. Also, well, at this point in the movie, he says, uh, Stane says to Tony, we're ironmongers, mm-hmm. which is a, it's a little subtle hint. Wink. Which Dave says, not subtle. No, it's not. not I, lo- I actually wrote that down. Well, actually, at that I point, like that. at that point, that line pretty much is like, okay, this is going to be your, our bad guy here. Yeah. But I think before that, even leading up to it, you get my favorite shot of the whole movie, which is... Jeff Bridges, smoking a cigar, riding oh, yeah. a Segway. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. My favorite part is when he accidentally touches the end of the cigar and has no effect nothing. on him and because nothing. it's not real. So that's pretty good. Movie magic. So we go to the, we finally really get to the Stark House to play around. And we're at the Stark House an awful lot from now on. Oh, yeah. We spend, awful lot. We spend quite a bit of time there. We got, uh, we got mad money on the, on the TV. Oh, boy. Stark Industries is going down. I'm going to beat everything up. Does we, the we're gonna get the, ring a bell? We're going to get the least subtle thing we can show here because oh, we're man. Iron Man. Doesn't matter. That I guy's... actually like the next scene, though, because oh. this is the scene where Pepper has to change out the yes. reactor in his chest. Yes. And then I remembered. How small are your hands? Which is really great. It's a great line. Mm. But the part that annoyed me is that this is life or death. 
And he doesn't explain anything to her. Nope. No, he's just like. And I feel like it was. Like Operation, don't touch the sides. Yeah, I feel like he didn't explain anything to her because they wanted us to understand the science of what's going on in his chest. And that when it gets pulled out later in the movie, this is what's happening, yada, yada, yada. And it's, I get it, fine. It's just more of Tony not wanting to. Sounds like a little bit of subtlety. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Just as long as you don't pull it all the way. Beep, 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 beep. That's the whole thing with the heart that Pepper gives him later. Proof that Tony has a heart. Yeah. This he, won't come back anywhere like, in this movie. He's like, it won't come back. Incinerate it. At all. I don't want it. Get rid of it. And she's like, I'm going to put this in a box because I'm a sweetheart. And then we go to, we go outside of Yogurt's temple <laughs> where they're combing the desert with their small shovels. I ain't found Trying shit. to find <laughs> this suit. <laughs> and you want to know what's lucky for them? Is that they didn't just find a scrap of metal to tell them where it was. Nope. They found the mask first, oh, which was good news. That's a good place that's to start. That's really good news. Like, oh, this is definitely this the is definitely metal the we're looking for. Yeah, so let's just do this. Let's start here. You know, if he had just pulled up like a leg piece, it would have been like, uh, whatever. But he pulled up the mask and that was like, oh, yeah. Now we can cut away from the scene as quick as possible. Yeah, now we don't have to guess what this is. Yeah. If we saw a leg, it wouldn't matter. So yeah. I get the choice. Doesn't matter. Uh, Tony starts working on his new suit. Yep. And the, he, the Mark II. The Mark II. And I like the little hologram that he pulls up. And he can take stuff off the hologram and throw it in the trash. Yeah, and it's all very Minority Report-esque. It is. But I, I he's just kind of randomly grabbing at things. Yeah, there's I, no way you can. He puts his arm in it, and yeah. that's not a real thing. No, that it's, you can... no it's not. Uh, he it's starts... been 10 years, and that technology still doesn't exist. So. No. no. He did have a Tesla, though, before they came out. All right. There's a Tesla Roadster in, in his garage. and that, that There's a lot of stuff in his garage. was not out yet. When it's a good-looking garage. Out. He makes these boots and he tries out his flight test for the first time. How's that go, Bri? Uh, poorly. Yeah, no, he launches directly into the ceiling and my favorite robot oh, in the world. He's great. He just sprays them. Let me the, just, uh, yeah. Those robots, I gotta, I gotta those robots extinguish you. are even better than Pepper Potts. They're the best character in the movie. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Better than Coulson? No. All right. I take everything. I regret everything. <laughs> Uh, this is when I first started noticing another thing that really bothered me throughout this movie. What's that? Wardrobe. Wardrobe. Every now and then, Tony Stark has a shirt that has a circle cut in the center so that the arc reactor is out of the shirt. Sure. And then sometimes it's within the shirt. Is he custom cutting these shirts? Oh, for in sure. Order? Well, he, I think he might be because he loves showing this thing off. Yeah. Because when he only had a day to build the suit before, he made sure he built a fucking window in that thing. You're damn right. So you could see it. He's very proud of that technology he built in a cave. You know, I want to go back to the technology in the cave again because okay. all these these terrorists walk into the cave and they can't see him and there's the whole shadow thing. How do you not see there's this goddamn 3,000 lumens thing in his chest? <laughs> <laughs> the terrorists are dumb. We get it. Well, that's how they could see Jensen so well on the screen because he was always lit when he was... It's true. Those glasses must have had a reflection more than... A billion lumens, the sun, with this goddamn... Moving on. Moving on. Obi comes to visit, and he brought pizza. From New York. From New York. Rays. Rays, because... Which also got a name drop in Elf. Did it really? Yeah. Fabroverse. That's the one that... It's the Fabroverse. That Santa says is the real New York pizza. Ooh. Yeah. Did not catch that. Favreau has a favorite pizza place, me thinks. These... That's a hint that he has a favorite pizza place. That's... What this movie's missing entirely. Hints? Yeah. That was one. That's just Favreau. Little. Yeah. Okay. That's a Favreau being Foders, the uh, 
company that writes the books for tourists. Oh. <laughs> He's helping, yeah. Next time you're in a Yeah. You're in New York. Rays. Rays. And Santa tells you exactly which one. Not the one over here, but the one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> why hasn't Will Ferrell done a, a superhero movie? Why why wasn't Will Ferrell in this movie? That would have been a fun Iron Man. That would have massively different. The wrong tone entirely. Yep, but it would have been more fun. You're hurt, you're hurting my feelings now. Yeah. Yeah. So he starts working even harder on flight tests. Yeah, and now we got the hand repulsors. We do. So he can control he goes, himself a little bit. He goes at 1% and he's fine. We got a little more Ramin fucking Jawadi. Jawadi. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, we do. Some of us like it more than others. Well, what I was happy about is that, what is his name, Ramin? Yeah, Ramin. Like the noodle? Ramin. I was happy that his music shop in the corner of town, they just brought the mics there. And little Timmy was getting his strum on on the D chord as it was going. And they said, hey, put that in the movie. That's a nice touch. Get little Timmy some work. It's a good way to start a career. Because the music is garbage. Not the band garbage. Because that would be more interesting. No, it wouldn't. That would be awful. (laughs) It would be probably worse than this. You're right. But Uh, (laughs) doesn't matter. All right. So he goes and does his flight test. He got the hand repulsors. He goes 2.5% and he starts flying around his, his office. Saying that's not good. He's talking to his robot the whole time. The robot constantly wants this. Don't spray me. I actually like the way they did this because you have the camera robot who's filming, but you also get the outside shot of what we're seeing. Yeah. It's a cool little touch. It's nice. It's a cool little touch. It is. It's Downey being Downey in front of robots. Being Robert Downey Jr. all over the- And I feel like- Robert Downey Jr. and all over the screen. But I feel like this is the most real that Tony Stark gets because no one's in the room. He doesn't have to play to anyone. Sure. And- you catch it all the time. The way he talks to these things is he talks to them like they're friends almost. He doesn't talk to anybody this way. He just wants to hear his own voice. He loves hearing his own voice. But he talks to them like they're his friends in a lot of ways. Yeah. He doesn't talk to anybody else in the movie this way. That's true. Not once. Not even Rhodey. Not even Rhodey. And he lets Rhodey hand him things. <laughs> what? Oh, that's a thing. Like, Robert Downey Jr. doesn't like to be handed things. Oh. There's only a few people that can actually hand him things. It's like, it's like. Pepper pots. What is he and fucking Rhodey. royalty? I don't know. It's There's just, rules. It's just to... a weird thing he has. They, it comes up in Iron Man three, I think. He goes on his little outdoor flight. Because sometimes you gotta run before you can walk. That's true. That's what they say. Uh huh. That's what some. They still had terabytes of information to process. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And he's like, you know what, Jarvis? Fuck off. We're doing That's this. That's a lot like jumping a light speed without calculating a goddamn thing and he flies he navigates that turn that weird barely oh barely. boy <laughs> and then he he goes up 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 yeah for some reason he gets warned about ice he doesn't listen to anyone he's ever like, and no, that's i a... just want to see how high i can go all right he's getting warned about ice he doesn't listen to anyone in this entire movie not even the robot that not his that he, that he created. created that's a genius it's basically his voice with more information telling him not to do that. He ices over. He falls. He falls. He survives. He, of course. And then he goes, flies back. Wouldn't that have been an upsetting ending to that movie? <laughs> That's the end of Iron Man. <laughs> He's Soon somewhere in the Malibu over, Bay here in the ocean. in the middle of the street, and that's the end of Iron Man. I hated how long Credits. they focused on the Ferris wheel. Yeah, he was. He's, he loved him. Guys, Santa Monica. <laughs> Just want to let you guys know where we are still. Here's a. Oh. There's a kid with ice cream on the. So Tony comes back and he lands on his own roof and he falls through the roof falls and then the he roof. falls through the piano and then he lands on his Shelby. Which is so unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And then the next scene, 
he comes out holding an ice pack on his head. He launched himself into a goddamn ceiling the scene before out of armor and he launched himself into the thing. And it's not only even two and a half percent power. Not even not the first launch. Yeah. Not the no, no, no. Launch the, one was at two and a half percent power. Oh no, 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 you're right. No, the one where he launches himself directly in the right, ceiling. Like second and then he gets sprayed, delayed sprayed by the funny comic robot. Right. And he comes back and he starts fidgeting around and he's got nothing. No, not even a scratch about in this one. He lands with the suit. And he has to hold an ice pack to well, his head. Oh, he went through two floors. In his bulletproof suit. That doesn't that doesn't change uh, your... He's still probably bumping his head around in that thing when he lands. This is the NFL? Bad helmets? I mean... Doesn't matter. This is when he finds the arc reactor gift from Pepper. Yep. Proof that Tony Stark does have a heart. That's cute. I bet if he held it, his hand would be heavy. Because everything is heavy-handed. I mean, what, was it just supposed to sit there and not be referenced until until it was needed? We go to the Tony Stark benefit that he's not invited to. Right. Uh, he suddenly cares about the world, as he says earlier, how he wants to. Uh, yeah. uh, but still drives like a fucking dickhead. Before he goes yeah, to that, fine. he has to correct the icing issue. So he's like, ah, gold, like they use on, this, on the satellite. Oh, right. Well, we'll just make it in gold. Oh, it's a little ostentatious. Throw some hot rod hot red, red, red. It is a pretty big part of the suit. Go ahead, Jarvis. Paint it. Paint it. Don't wait up. Um, Here's where we get the man. Yeah, but I, I can't get over the fact that he's trying to be a, be a hero. I'm not going to call him a superhero because he won't call himself a superhero. Find out later. No one said he was. No, I mean, He drives through the streets like an asshole, though. Fantastic. He, well, it's he's so frustrating still a billionaire. He's trying to save the world. But he drives so recklessly. He does everything recklessly. Maybe that's what it is. I mean, that's kind of his character flaw. Let's meet Stanley. Let's meet Hugh Hefner. So good. I don't know if he's Hugh Hefner or if he is just Stanley. Just Stanley, and he calls him Hef. Hey, Hef. Because he has the robe and he has the pipes and the ladies. And the ladies. Stanley doesn't just, say anything. Just Stanley. A little surprised that Stanley doesn't say anything. Yeah. He also has said, I don't know if this is still true, but this was at one point his favorite cameo that he had ever recorded. Very quick one. Well, and he got the ladies. And he got the ladies. Think that Stanley got snapped? Oh, no. I think Stanley probably got snapped. Uh huh. Yeah. That one. Oh, that one? Only half of, his, only half of the Stanleys have gotten snapped. Oh, oh, let me see. That one definitely went. For sure, okay. that one went. That's, I could buy that. Yeah. I don't know why. Have nothing to back it up. Feels like he well, went. Captain America one's probably dead. This one, I feel We'll get like, there. I have nothing to back it up. Feels like he got snapped. He definitely got snapped. You think Pepper got snapped? We'll probably find out. I think we're going to find out. I don't think she did. I hope not. But then again, if she did, that would give Tony even more. He doesn't need any more reasons. She didn't get snapped. She's fine. Tony's drink order pisses me off because... Did you see? He orders scotches. Give me a scotch. I'm starving. Yeah. I love that line. I love that line too. But then it's basically just, do you want some scotch with your ice? The whole glass is ice. He finishes it in two seconds. There's nothing in that glass. I don't know. As someone who likes scotch, that annoyed me. Yeah. I didn't really notice. And then... We get we get sexy Gwyneth Paltrow. Sexy, you Gwyneth can almost Paltrow. see an ass crack in that thing. Oh, it's a great dress. It's a good looking dress. Who bought that dress? You did. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, I mean, yeah, huh? Yeah, Tony. I like whenever I like when she asks for a drink. And I don't know why. Of she realized that like I fuck no need a drink, and she backs off so quickly. Says I need a drink. Martini, extra dirty. A lot of olives. A lot of olives. At least three olives. That's Oscar winner right there. That was. Oscar winner placing a drink order after almost making a mistake. Very close. 
super close. Happy she didn't. But I also feel like that Gwyneth Paltrow uses the boss line a lot. Yeah. To like back it off the situation. Yeah. Well, I mean. But we have depth. We have character depth. We've done it. Christy Neverhart comes back. She does. She's got pictures. She has pictures of missiles. And we find out that Obi's. When were these taken? Yesterday. Oh. I didn't approve these. Well, somebody did. Somebody did. not I got to go. My husband's got a race. Taldega. <laughs> if only. <laughs> that would have been such a great throwaway line. Tony, I think you got to go talk to Obi because you're not first, you're last. <laughs> <laughs> we find out that Obi is the one who is behind all this. He's the one who filed the injunction. Injunction. Uh, oh, yeah. By the way, Tony's getting blue from his company. Whatever. Yeah, it's his hostile takeover. Yeah. Same thing that happened to Norman Osborn. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, business plays mm. a big role in superhero movies. Interesting fact. Uh, at one point in the writing process- Willem Dafoe was attached? No. Oh, I don't care then. They were talking about <laughs> Tony Stark being responsible for Doc Ock's arms in Spider-Man 2. Really? But then because of the different, you know, because they're- Properties, yeah. They were very Licensing close to starting a connected universe then. And Spider-Man would have been part of it. That would have been neat. It would have, but I also feel like it takes away a lot from from Doc Ock. It does. Doc Ock's terrific. Doc Ock's amazing. We'll talk about and that. And that kind of would have. Yeah. So Tony's playing around on his robotic hand, his Iron Man hand. Right. Luckily, luckily that TV's on. And we finally learned that these terrorists are called the Ten Rings. Well, it's not luckily. He is looking into... What's happening with the photos? Yeah, it's on saw. Dateline. Yeah, because that episode it of could Dateline have been happens to be on. Could have been DVR'd. Yeah, he DVR'd that episode. He's Tony strictly. Stark. He could probably just go show me whatever, and then be like, "Yeah, we got you, Tony. Don't worry." And he's all pissed off. So he starts shooting his yeah beams. His repulsor beams that are just for flight stabilization. Yeah, and just starts breaking windows. Allegedly. Just breaking his own shit because he can. Yeah, well, when you're rich, he's got an army of robots to put this fucker on. When he wants to go, he's at the suit. Yep. Uh, it's the first look at the suit. It is. This is the, the Mark III reveal. This is a pretty good looking suit. It's a great looking yeah. suit. Yeah. It's amazing. I really like it. Also, can we talk about how good the CGI is here and how well it's aged for being a, a movie that was 10 years old? looks really good. Yeah. I'm a big fan. When you figure it came out. Six years after Spider-Man and had the same budget, basically. It says something. Yeah. It does. It's come a long way. It does. I think it even looks better than, I mean, I think that Spider-Man 3 has some pretty solid effects to it. Yeah. With like Sandman and stuff. Yeah. This still blows out of the water. Yeah. Looks awesome. He goes and flies to the weapons depot. Yep. Of course. That's what you do. Goes and saves the day there. Goes and fucks up some people. Killing the Ten Rings. Yeah, our thing. I like where they're holding the people, the citizens, the civilians hostage, yeah, and he targets them. Blah blah blah, and he goes and blasts does the them. space invader sound. It's yep, <laughs> sure does. Goes and gets them. He uh, gets shot at point blank by the one dude, and it bounces off, hits him in the head. That's great. That was earlier. Oh right, right, right. And I had that an was... issue with that. Well, it's in the cave again. I had an issue with that is his head's clearly not tilted in the right direction. That if you got shot, yeah, that ricochet would... back. Doesn't well, it might sense. have bounced off of his head and then onto the ceiling and then back. For the sake of you liking this you movie, you're right. You didn't follow That's enough exactly bounces, Dave. how it happened. Hashtag geometry. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, triangulation. All right. So the Ten Rings. Yep. Great. Fuck he it all up. Punches through the wall, grabs one dude, says, it's all yours. 
Let's the people do the justice to him. He almost has a little bit of a Batman voice in that scene. He gets awfully close to it. He gets... Because, like, this is the only movie where Tony had a different voice when he was in the suit than when he didn't. When he wasn't. It's true. He kind of put on, like, an Iron Man voice. He's like, he's all yours. He gets shot down at some point after he takes off again, and he has to go blow up a tank. Right. And the garbage score plays again. Which is not that bad. It's... I didn't write it down this at this point, though. Because so it's not. Because it it's didn't have the same effect here as it did during the suit reveal. I and... miss Danny Elfman. We've been spoiled with Maybe. Danny Elfman. Maybe if we had started with this, you'd be like, it's not that bad. But we watched two Danny Elfman scored movies in a row. Just so you know, just so you know, not only not only are you ripping on Sir Rami. Okay, are you done? Not only are you ripping on Ramin Jawadi. He had help. No, he did this score. Yeah, from little Timmy, from, from his class from that two he teaches. People, from two people whose names might surprise you. Oh, no. Who am I going to not care about anymore? Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. No. And Hans no. Zimmer. No. Yeah. No. No. Tom Morello. No. Hans Zimmer. Tom Morello, one of the best rock guitarists to ever live. And Hans Zimmer is a Is a god of composers. Favorite. Those are the two people who helped him with this score. And he did get a hey, Grammy. Hey, Ramin, he, Ramin, have you tried playing a C? He did repeatedly? get a, a Grammy nom. For this? For it. Yes. So, who's wrong? Me or you? Grammys. And Hans Zimmer and Tom Morello? I'm so disappointed. And the people who were like, hey, you know who we should get to do the intro for Game of Thrones and Westworld? Which are great. Yeah. Well, where do you think they heard him first? All right, so I just pulled up the Grammys from that year. Yeah. We have Thomas Newman for Wally. It's an okay score. Yeah. Fine. Uh, Johnny Greenwood, There Will Be Blood, is a masterpiece. I'm not familiar. We have Ramin Jawadi for Iron Man. Yep. Solo. No one else mentioned. And there's a reason why. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I remember that movie. With Johnny Williams. Yep. And then The Dark Knight. Oh. Which is a double feature of James Newton Howard. Oh, that's a good one. And... Hans Zimmer. Oh, Zimmer's double dipping. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're not going to That's an that. interesting score. We're going to talk about the Dark Knight one, uh, probably sooner rather than later. That's an interesting thing about that score, how they did it. Yeah. It's very cool. Okay. Yeah, you're not going to beat the Dark Knight score in that one because it actually is good. Oh, man. you're Because you're it really... helps the movie? Okay. Other um, other awards that this movie was nominated for that you might not know, uh, Oscar nomination for Best Visual Effects and Best Sound Editing. Deserved. Uh, both. It, it lost both. It lost best visual effects to Benjamin Button. Makes sense. And it lost best sound editing to The Dark Knight. Also makes sense. Yeah. Because the sound editing in Dark Knight's incredible. It did win an award, though. It won M- the MTV, MTV Movie Award kiss? for best summer movie so far. <laughs> yep. Best summer movie so far. I got nothing. Yeah, they... It says all it needs to say. I got nothing on that. All right. <laughs> so this scene, the scene, next scene takes for fucking ever. It's the airplane scene where he's flying about and the uh, F-16s are chasing him. And right. He, Rhodey's on the phone with him, which F-22s. I actually like. F-22s. Fine. Not going to make it any less stupid. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the phone with Rhodey and Rhodey kind of knows. Yeah. R- Rhodey, there's a reason Rhodey called him. Uh-huh. 
And I really like how that scene goes. I was running in the canyon. I was, uh, just, I was in the car. I thought you just said you were driving with the, with the top <laughs> Driving down. to the canyon. I really like that. Uh, fucks up that one plane pretty good when yeah. he goes flying through the wing. And to be fair, it hit him. Yeah. That's that's his defense. That is forward momentum, I guess. So it doesn't – fine. The pilot <laughs> ejects and do you see a shoot? No. I don't see a shoot. And he goes and flies down. He punches the thing and the shoot comes out. And then that mission control celebrates like, like yeah, they just landed on the goddamn moon. Iron Man gets away. The other F-20 doesn't even bother continuing the chase. You know. What a waste of time. The only cool shot in that is when he's on the belly of the plane. Yeah. It looks like a man. It is a man. It looks like an Iron Man. (laughs) It's only they said that. If only. Jesus. Would that have been heavy-handed enough for you, Dave? It's all heavy-handed. I know. (laughs) You're really ruining this movie for me. (laughs) (laughs) The suit can also go supersonic, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I found... I wonder how fast he, like his regular traveling speed was, and I asked myself that at one point. Because in Afghanistan, LA to Afghanistan, how long do you think the flight time is? I didn't look this up. That's a good it question. It doesn't matter. Dude's flying overnight. That's true. Either way. If yeah. he goes supersonic, obviously getting a hell of a lot faster, but a lot of time, I guess, to go to Afghanistan. I mean, sometimes you got to fly your human to far away. We get back to the workshop, <laughs> and he's getting the suits on him. He's dangling there, and the robots are trying to pull it off him. Pepper walks in. He says, this isn't the worst thing you've seen me do. That's a great line. I love that line. I got I got the the distinct idea that perhaps Pepper's walked in on him rubbing his rhubarb. I would say. Yeah. I would say. That's what it sounds like to me. So she gets all pissy and threatens to quit because those bullet holes, they're bullet holes. We got it. You're going to get yourself That suit scratches killed. really easily. It does. Because he but gets then the... again, it's just powder coated with red paint. It is. I guess you look at it that way, but I mean, these are scratches. Be- well, maybe not because he has the bullet holes in them. I get bullet holes are going to do something. Bullet holes make sense. But sure. then he also punches the wall and you see the kind of yeah. texture of the arm going through earlier. And it's that's kind of neat the way yeah. they did that. It was, it was a cool little touch. Dun, 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 dun. Let's go steal some files. Oh, I was ready to go. Oh, but you stopped early. It's fine. Uh, also, somewhere in the middle of all that, it was revealed that Obadiah Stane was working with the terrorists. He went and he killed all of oh, them. Oh, what a, what a twist. <laughs> oh. oh, he uses the, I call it the, the auditory men in black. I like that. I called it the and paralysis whistle. Is that what it's called? Nope. Okay. I have no idea what it's called. Well, the good news is it. that he has earbuds that light up blue. They're like Bluetooth paralysis but whistle It's earbuds. great because or else we would think, oh no, Obi's going to be in trouble too. But no, he's got blue earbuds that light up when we men in black his ears. And Obi fucks the world up there. He just ruins them all. And the ten rings are zero rings. He leaves Raza alive, though. Does he? Yep. Did I miss something? I know he screws up everyone else outside. He says, finish the job. I think he leaves Raza alive so he can report back to the Mandarin, which wasn't in the movie. It's supposed to be the villain, though. He was supposed to be the villain. Obadiah Stane was supposed to be just a faithful friend to Tony Stark throughout the entire movie. To set him up to be the villain in the second movie. Interesting. All right. This was a weird but, choice then of the way it went down like this. Oh, yeah. Doesn't matter. He's all sitting there all paralyzed and stuff. Sure. So Pepper goes and hacks his own computer. Hacks. It's yeah. his own computer. Kind of. She could have just gone to fucking work and said, I need to get something for Tony. Right. Well, she Tony's was, not out yet. She was in Tony's office. Yeah. But she's acting all shady about it because Obi comes in. 
pours himself a little, and she just little sits scotch up and scotch. She's like, uh, and she looks all like guilty. Yeah, she does look she guilty. Covers the newspaper, right? Does that is that today's paper? Just pulling files. Real cool operating system. It was interesting. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. The best part about it is that there's a real convenient button for screensaver in the top <laughs> right. Click in case you need it, and the screensaver launches on. Well, I have thing. a I have a hotkey on my Mac that'll that'll automatically turn on the screensaver too. So for whenever you're stealing files and someone walks in on you, exactly. I get it. In, in case Jeff Bridges walks in while I'm trying to discover all of his secret files. Oh, I get it. One of them was marked Lebowski. Was it really? Yep. What a nice little touch. Great. That file really pulled the whole computer together. (laughs) I mean, that's just like your opinion, man. (laughs) So she steals all the files and stuff, and and fucking Obi's just hanging out there. Just creeping. He's creeping out. You're you're a real one-of-a-kind woman. He's nonsense. Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridging all over the screen. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He really is, too. But these are two Oscar winners in this room. He's not yeah. an Oscar winner yet. He's a soon to be. Soon to be. The scene plays real flat. It's supposed to play flat. It it play, it but builds a lot of tension. It kind of does. I think she's not doing a good job in it. That's. I feel like yeah, there's, yeah. she's the one not really. I feel like he's really trying to move it to pull something out of her, and, and it's just, just it's not working. Clammed up. It's not working. To be fair, she opens up eventually. She is scared in that moment. Her character, but for what reason? But well, because she thinks that she's getting caught and he's going to kill her. Yeah, but the good news is for her is that you know when she walked into the office the first time, how when she turned the computer on, she had to enter a password. She had to hack the password. Right. Don't know why Tony didn't just tell her the password. Yeah, that seems silly. But when he moved, when he turns on the computer, he sees was it files transferred or something yeah, like that? Files downloaded. You know, don't have to. You don't have to. Enter a password anymore, apparently, uh, for the sake well, of moving. Maybe the... it has like a timeout. It's like, oh, you only have to enter it. What's the point of a screensaver then? Literally to save the screen doesn't. I mean, maybe <laughs> it has like a, like a two minute timeout on the screen. So I don't know. I'm, no, I'm getting real tired of defending this movie. <laughs> <laughs> also, she she finds the Tony terrorist video. She does, and it has a convenient translate button. Yeah, which why don't I have that on my computer? Yeah. And it's like, hey, this is Tony Stark. You sent this guy to get killed? What the, what the hell, man? That's not our agreement. Yeah. We're going to pivot now and so the, make him build us Jericho. It's true. But lucky for us, Pepper's going to call Tony. Oh, yeah. To give him a heads up. And Obi's there already because time doesn't matter. He answers the phone, but he gets men in blacked. Um, Auditory-wise. Is something happened in between that I'm forgetting about? Let's see. Uh, she gets out with a flash drive. Yeah. And she, and is Coulson there? Yeah, because Coulson said we had a meeting. Coulson's there. Yeah. So she's like, yep, going now. Let's go. Your place. Let's, Let's do this. Which I really like her reaction to that. Yep. She's taking charge. But yeah, I don't think there's anything in between those no. two scenes. We no, go, there isn't. We go right to the paralysis the whistle. Sure. D- I like that term a lot. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a dog whistle. But it's electron. It's an electronic did, paralysis whistle. Did the bridge have the blue things in his ears? He sure did. I don't remember it. Yeah. Here, so it doesn't matter. Uh, gets him. You got him. This got him. is my favorite shot of the movie. Actually, better than Bridges, where he on has his little arc pulling device. The way that it's set up is so good. How Downey's slouched down on the couch. Yep. And Obi is over him. Yeah. But they touch the shot. So that it looks like they're upright, and it is such a good-looking shot. Very well shot. But the issue with that is that later in the scene, 
Downer decides to act. Yeah. And that's a problem for a paralyzed person. How he starts to emote and he's blinking a lot. Yeah. And he's turning his head a little bit. And then when they get to the straight on shot of Downey, he's completely paralyzed. It's like they took the, the continuity person must have been sick that day. I mean, seems, and I get it. Seems to have happened a lot in this movie, actually. Yeah. But, uh, it's an independent instance, movie, though. For instance, it's expected. Same scene. Oh, no. Tony has a tendency when he removes the arc reactor or when he puts in an arc reactor to turn it clockwise oh, to secure no. it. Now, when Obi pulls it out, guess which way he turns it? I'm going to assume he clockwise yeah, is that bad Yeah, he goes boy. the same way to remove it. That's a problem. It's, it's rough. All right, so he pulls, he steals the arc reactor, he says, as a butte. He takes it. Because He's, he has a convenient arc reactor well, because puller. His, his, his team can't build a miniaturized arc reactor. Right, it's impossible, they say. He built it in a cave with scraps! Well, I'm not Tony Stark. <laughs> That's kind of like the little, what is his name, from Spider-Man. Oh. What he reminded me of. Mendel Strom. Mendel Strom. Yeah, exactly. That's what he kind of reminded me We need to go of. back to the drawing board. <laughs> all right, so he's all paralyzed. He decides to go downstairs. He gets to their heart because that's convenient. Yep, he's got the old arc reactor uh-huh. to keep him alive. Decides to still lay on the floor. Pepper Potts is For when Rhodey comes heart. and grabs him. That was a quick scene, too. Uh-huh. Steen fires up the Iron Monger. I thought it would be bigger, and then he's bigger. Yeah, well, what she saw was the Mark One. Uh-huh. And... When he fires up the Ironmonger, it's huge. And it's behind the chain. She shows and all up you see is the eyes light up. With those shield agents. It's so cool. It's awesome. That's a that's such a cool shot. Ding. And Pepper she, gets the fuck out of there. Because she's smart. Uh-huh. And we get to see her get the fuck out of there, which is Which is impressive because she's wearing stilettos and it's a great floor. Uh-huh. And she just nails every step. Hey man, you don't win Oscars for no reason. That's impressive. So uh she goes into the parking lot. And stops. I guess she's safe. But Obi does decide to come out the front door. No, no, no. That's oh. what <laughs> That's what they'd expect. The front door is for plebes. <laughs> He's coming up through the parking lot. He's, co- <laughs> He's pulling the old diglet move. <laughs> He's just play- He's playing whack-a-mole. This is our second occurrence of Pokemon now. Because yeah. we had we had Green Goblins, Pokeball of Death. Yep. And now we have Well now we know what was in that Pokeball of Death. It was an Iron Doug trio. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> uh, they get to their final fight. Yeah. Because he gets in his suit. And yeah, Rhodey's like, next there. time, baby. Yeah, he's got... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but nope. it, too bad. That's not going to happen. It's going to be Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle <laughs> is just laughing somewhere. Saying, <laughs> no. You'll never be in that suit, Terrence. <sighs> Your contract negotiations are rubble. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie Rubble. Trouble. Trouble. Uh, do you hate those movies too? No. Good. Only the second one. That's fair. Uh-huh. That's fair. You hate it or is it not as good as the hate other it. two? Hate it. Okay. First one's a masterpiece in my mind. It's so good. Oh, it's brilliant. The third one is a lot of fun. It is. It doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes, uh-huh. but it's a lot of fun. The second uh-huh. one is like, we have to make another one of these because the studio is making us. Yep. Yeah. Which is also what Ocean's 8 is, I think. Haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it's it. It's on the so. list. It's a watch. Uh, Obi's pretty good with the suit for building it in one day, assume, yeah. well, presumably. Do you remember how much flight testing Tony had to do? It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, and I, lot. I mean, and, uh, how long did it actually take him to build the suit? And this technology is nothing special. It's the same stuff that was in the Mark One. Yeah, just amped up a just little bit. Just amped up. Just 
enlarged. He literally got this suit like two days ago. Yeah. In timeline. Well, all the oh no, uh, yeah, all the plans are in the files when when Pepper downloads them. But that's the same day, so yeah, it's all the same day because time doesn't matter. Well, I think they might have been building the suit once he first got word no, from terrorists how that's he escaped. Maybe. Well, he but saw they the, didn't have a way to power it until he took. The yeah, when he saw the suit, he said, "Oh, that's how we did it." Yeah. So there you well, have it. The confusing timelines. It is a lot like Spider Man. It is, and then uh, I don't know if any of this next part is improv or not. I have never been more bored with a final fight. Really? Yeah. I thought it was. You have two suited boys fighting. Fairly well done. Just throwing their suits around. Uh, One suit versus the other suit. Some suits have upgrades. Some suits don't. One suit's smaller. One suit's very big. Yep. I'm only saying suit a lot right now because that's what the movie decided to do. Suit, 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 suit. Yeah. And all Obi does is talk about his goddamn suit. Throughout this entire fight, saying, "Oh, she made upgrades." Just I talking, made some too. He's just talking about s- the suit. Well, I mean, he's a weapons manufacturer. This is so boring. It's so boring. They go, they fight on the freeway. He caught a car. Caught a car. It's not boring. Almost through a family. Family not grateful. And, and, and no, they ran him over. They're just like, "We're gonna, we got to get away from these suit guys." Yeah, and Audi. Well, yeah. Because fun fact. Uh huh. Do you know this one? No. Oh, okay. Does it involve Audi? It sure does. Oh boy. The final battle between Obadiah and Tony. Sure. There was originally going to be a sequence where Tony in the Iron Man suit drives an Audi R8 that would crash into the Ironmonger's legs and flip over. After which Iron Man would split the car in half and jump out. But apparently, the R8 is so well built they literally couldn't get it to flip. That's so pretty... they had to rewrite the whole final fight. Because the R8's too good of a car. Because the R8 was, was too This was the good... first, like, R8 sighting. I remember yeah. seeing this in theaters going, well, that's oh, a that's hot an... car. Yeah. yeah, That's a hot car. Uh, yeah, despite repeated crashes, the roof wouldn't split the way uh, Favreau wanted it to either, because uh, the car's frame was so tough. That's awesome. So yeah, the whole final fight sequence had to be rewritten, and the filmmakers were so impressed with the toughness of the car. This is where I start to get a little question in my in my mind. Yep. It was decided that the convertible version would be used for Iron Man 2. I'm starting to think that this fun fact might have been thrown onto the IMDb page by Audi. By Audi itself? <laughs> <laughs> this seems like, like a real... Fun fact. John. This is actually John Favreau's personal car, and they made the license plate 2.9% because of the APR that he was paying on at the time because of the President's Day sale at your local Audi dealership. <laughs> A lot of Audis in this, because Pepper's driving one at one point. Yeah, yeah. He's they, got his R8. Uh, uh, that family's got the Audi sedan. It's kind of, yeah, they whenever were I see like these Contractually types, obligated to keep, to put three Audis. Oh, in they the, nailed the it. Movie. And they were prominent. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, uh, what was it? Born Ultimatum. The yes. Volkswagen Touring or whatever that the car Tourig. is. Is that was the commercial for it. And that yeah. was a very prominent car in that movie. And it's like, this is just a nice size SUV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, let's go boring this thing up. So, <laughs> all right. So they fight. They go. Uh, he throws him into a bus. Blows yep. up that bus. Blows up the bus. Iron Man decides to go flying. He's up on top doing the whole. Uh huh. And he go. He takes off. Important fact here is he's got a he's got an energy limit because he has his cave. Heart. He's using the cave heart. <laughs> and he's he's dwindling. He started he started this fight at forty eight percent power. 
He's down like 19 he in no time. started at 48. By the time he starts going airborne, he's at 15, 12, 11, 7. And then he's finally like, stop telling me the number just put up on the just screen. Just put on the screen. Uh, question to you. Yeah. How'd you solve the ice problem? Might want to look into that. Hmm. Obi gets all frozen. Falls. Icing, bitch. Falls all down. And then he just kind of hangs out up there, even though he's at 2% no battery. No power. No just... power iron boy. Flies down. <laughs> he starts... I... Don't know why he's falling, and then he catches himself, and he's falling, and he catches himself. He's on auxiliary power. Seems like a waste of auxiliary power when he could just get a little closer to that ground, just free fall for a while. He's up there, yeah, and you know, have a nice, nice landing. I don't know. I think conveniently he's just lands on the arc reactor building. Well, yeah, that's where they took off from. That's just a real lucky shot, though, that he happened to fly straight up. Well. Keep in mind, Obadiah Stane has not been testing out the flying features. He probably only knows how to fly straight, straight up. Straight up. I, I get that. I get that. Um, Iron Man goes to fight him again because Ironmonger is not gone. Yep. Goes to fire his- But he's already taking off the suit, so- Yeah. They're fighting still on this rooftop, sort of. It's very quick sort at of, this point. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man decides he's going to hang- over this window? Well, he doesn't really Or this glass? It. He's inside it. He's forced to. Obi shoots out the glass because yeah, and his then targeting a... system was pulled out. Oh, it showed because he decides to only shoot everything around Iron Man. Yeah. Not even get anywhere close, but it's only the glass that's not broken that he shoots. Yeah, kind of feels like it's for effect. And it falls on roof. Pepper, who is down there at the arc reactor Yep, doing work because she's a character that matters. And then Pepper done kills Ironmonger. Now, before all this happens, she's all, but it'll kill you. Yeah, I didn't care and for that. he miraculously survives. Yeah, but- Because who knew there'd be like an initial little blast that knocked him out of the way to safety. That was lucky. And the At the same one, time, Pepper didn't hesitate to pull the fucking trigger. She hesitated slightly. A, a, a rational amount. Yeah, yeah. And then and then Tony was like- Doesn't matter. Just hit Pepper's the, the hero. Of course she is. Is Kirsten Dunn's the hero? Hell no, she's not. Vicky Vale. You can't be serious. We finally got a strong female. Yeah. We and I I couldn't be happy about that because we've been looking, I mean, only two movies, but they were extraordinarily weak female characters. They really in those were. Two movies. This is definitely the best one we've seen so far. And is she perfect? No. No, and that's no, kind of what I like about her. No, I just mean as a character. Yeah. Oh, she's got vulnerabilities. She's, she's still kind of just there as sort of his assistant but not because yeah. it's kind of like his right arm yeah I mean she even says you couldn't find your shoes without me yeah so do she's... you know your social security number five <laughs> you missed it a couple hours <laughs> I have you for the other eight digits <laughs> see alright Iron Ironmonger's dead they uh Colston gives Stark the alibi oh Colson good <laughs> Bill Colson, so they, uh, I love that guy. Yeah, they gives him an alibi there. He's my bodyguard? He's yeah. like, I don't know if that's believable, which is funny, because in the comics, that was, that was was Iron Man was always believed to be Tony Stark's bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, just never seen him in the same room. The strategic uh, homeland, just call us S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, they figured it out. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, Downey starts talking fast with uh, Pepper again, because he's acting. Right. Acting. <laughs> What do you got on this final shot of this movie? Because I know that this here is the gateway. This is. This is what blew the whole thing open. Uh-huh. And it's it's a fair. I want to know at what point it goes off the rails. 
in a great way because you get Vanity Fair in there again. Yep, of course. She's got questions. Wasn't supposed to. No. Wasn't taking questions and fire off question right. real fast. She was like, what are you? I don't even remember what she asked. But he was like, it's one thing to question the official story, but say that I'm some kind of superhero, that'd be outlandish. Never called you a superhero. And fantastic. <laughs> 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 yeah, and then Rhodey's like, oh, why don't you stick to the papers there, buddy? And the truth is, I am Iron Man. Yep. Yeah, that. Oh, God, I hated it. Really? I love that it wasn't Ramin. I hated that because you knew it was going to fucking come up at some point in this movie. I'm glad they waited until the, the end, end credits to hit that hard mark. Yeah. You get the Iron, Iron Man thing, and it, I mean, he's out of the suit. Yeah. The other stuff, you don't get an I am Spider Man, I am Batman, I am Superman, right. yada, yada, right. yada. Is there, there this are is no secret identities happening here? Nope. Put it all out on the line. All out on the line. They told the extras in that scene that they were filming a dream sequence. Really? Yeah. So they didn't go leaking that. Yeah. Yeah. I found that pretty fascinating. Well, where are they going to go leaking? I don't know. It's not a secret. You cast Robert Downey Jr. in a movie called Iron Man. He's probably going to be Iron Man. Yeah, but the the fact that he that it isn't a secret. All right. I know that was an improv. Wasn't that was supposed to be? Nope. That changed the game. It did. Blew the whole thing wide open. And that's Iron Man. That's Iron Man. But wait. But wait, there's more. There's more. We finally, this is a. This is actually a staple of Marvel now. Yes. They the brought post- back a skeleton crew post-production. So our first post-credits sequence. And still one of the best ones to date. Because it's nice and quick. Super quick. And you kind of. Welcome home, sir. Yeah. Oh, Jarvis, what's going on here, buddy? You sick? I'll tell you what's going on, motherfucker. <laughs> you think you're the only superhero in the world? Interesting that that's how he he opens his statement to the first superhero in the world, in yeah. this world, in Marvel Universe Earth one ninety nine nine ninety nine. That is the official <laughs> Marvel delineation of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. At least it's easy to say. Yeah, one ninety nine, nine ninety nine. All right, so we meet Sam Jackson as Nick Fury here. Samuel L. I wanted Samuel Jackson because that's who the character is based off of. The yes, Ultimates. and the Ultimates universe. Yes, and I want to talk to man, you they, about the Avenger Initiative. Before that, I think the line before that is much, much more important. Oh, the line before that is: "You have become part of a bigger universe. You just don't know you just it yet. Don't know it yet." And that's a goosebump line. That yeah. is a brilliant line that's thrown out there how many people do you think stayed for those credits do you think that because i mean that's not a thing oh yeah yeah well the thing is by monday after opening weekend it was entertainment weekly had a whole thing about who nick fury was and why this is important so by monday people knew stayed till after the credits and now it's a thing for any movie yeah. And it's not even it's no, it's it doesn't gone matter. beyond Marvel. It doesn't have to be Marvel anymore. It could be anything. I remember yeah. what, the last Star Wars movie I saw, people are sitting there at the end of the credits like I get it Disney property, but But yeah. I don't think you're gonna see anything. Probably I got not. a good feeling here. Post credits nice little touch because it's not removed. I mean the reason why they put it after the credits because they didn't want people to go like, What the hell is well, Sam Jackson doing? Who's here? this guy? I why do I need to know about him now? Yeah. Yeah. The movie's over. Right. That story is told. This year this is taste. just a little, a little taste. teaser for what we got in store for you. Heads up. And then that's Iron Man. Yes. That's it. I'm still standing by 
what I said earlier. I'll read parts of what I wrote. Okay. So I wrote, it's fine. It's fairly well paced. I thought Batman was poorly paced. I told you that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This movie is the same length as Batman and Spider-Man. Yeah. This one doesn't move as fast as Spider-Man, but no. it moves much faster than Batman. Oh, yeah. There time. are not really any lulls in this movie, which no. is which is nice. No, there's um, there's never really time to sit with it and it's, yeah. it's just, here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. I think that Tony Stark's a very weak character. And I know he I doesn't. Think at this point, he's extremely sure. weak. He's a very surface character. He's basically they're relying on him being cool, smart, rich, and charming. The only depth they really give him is they occasionally mention his dad, but it's kind of throwaway lines. Yeah. There's nothing to them. Yeah, that's what Dad always said. But there's no weight. Yeah, there's that holds mean no weight. Uh, I like Terrence Howard. I do too. He's a good. Roadie. I mean, I don't miss him. I yeah, no, but I like I him. Yeah, he, that's fine. He yeah. did a good job. Um, but. So did Cheadle, so. I love Pepper Potts. Uh, yes. She's she's good. She has a lot of depth. She's a very strong character, very strong woman, and she only gets better. Yes. Which is the best part about her. Yeah. I love Jeff Bridges. I love Obadiah Stane. He's a- I love him. Great villain. Yes. It's, when he's do when he's, I mean, when the story doesn't help him, but he carries it. It's like his, what yeah. he has to do, he carries that so friggin' oh, well. And he's a, I mean, it's Jeff Bridges. The guy is a- He's an institution. Yeah. He's not going to do a bad job. No. No, he's he's a damn professional. And he's playing it totally different than we've ob- obviously Jack Nicholson Joker. Right. Totally different. Obviously Willem Dafoe, totally, totally different. different. This is just a regular he's ass He's much dude. more reserved and that's kind of terrifying. Yeah. And it works. Um, I know one of the staples that they decided to do for setting the tone for the MCU was to mix comedy into it. Yes. This movie's very funny in a lot of places. Oh, absolutely. With the robots. It's also very heavy in some places. Go on. Like, you know, when he's being tortured and when Pepper's worried he's going to die. It's not all lighthearted. It's not a lighthearted romp the whole way through. I mean, yes, probably 80% of it. That's my biggest issue with this movie. Really? This movie feels like... So John Favreau put his touch on this thing, I feel like, in a lot of the comedy scenes. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of like the torture stuff and a lot of the action stuff mm-hmm. and the desert stuff doesn't feel like him. It feels like it's directed by two different people because it, it almost feels like two totally different movies almost. Sure. And it really – that's what took me out of it, especially this time around. Okay. Where we get to the – we're in – Malibu, and then all of a sudden we fly back to Afghanistan. Yeah. And it just took me out of it because it felt like there was no reason to go that far for so little. Yeah, there were there were a lot of times where it was, uh, here we yeah, go. Yeah, you have and warlords back back. over one yeah. village or whatever it is. G- was it? Gomera. Gomera. I, I wanted to call it Gamora. We're not there yet. Uh, Gamera was Yinsen's hometown. R.I.P. Yinsen. Yeah. Pour one out for him. He said it was a beautiful place. Not so beautiful once, I don't once know Tony got there. there. I thought the plot was weak in this. As I pointed out, I think there's a lot of issues with what's happening. Pretty straightforward. I feel like the lead character is the weakest part of this movie, and that's crazy since they built the entire universe around him. And I think that this film kind of feels like it's two different movies. And that's my biggest issue. I love the comedy hits on it, and I appreciate them doing that because it does make it unique. And they do build off of that in the MCU. Yeah. Because you're going to get – I mean, Hulk comes out – only a month after this. Yeah. 
MCU as well. Um, I had the list up. What was next after that? Uh, Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2, and then Thor, and then Captain America, and then Avengers. So I appreciate this movie setting the tone because you do get that it's, I mean, it is lighthearted a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's intended to be. Yeah. You get the Incredible Hulk next. It's okay. Yeah. It's, it's okay. It's not as lighthearted. It's not. It's a pretty serious movie with, it has its moments. Which is kind of, it's strange because Marvel kind of considered Hulk like their number two. Yeah, they, well, they thought Hulk was a sure thing, so they didn't yeah. have to. And they had a star in it. Right. With Edward Norton. Right. Who. Who was Is still, gone. He's with, he was him and Terrence Howard are sitting there now. Reeling from his Fight Club fame still. Even yeah. Even though it was years and later. And his death to Smoochie fame. Of course. Who could forget? You got Iron Man 2, two years later. So they mm-hmm. went right into production on that. Well, After yeah. this thing was a hit, you get Thor. Yep. And then you get Captain America. Mm-hmm. And then we're right into the Avengers. Yeah. You're kind of in the thick of it after only five movies. Avengers comes out in 2012. We have 15 movies since 2012. That's nuts. Just think about that. That's insane. That's completely wild. And we don't get a new character really, truly. Like we get sub characters introduced within like the Thor world. And right, within, right. You get Hawkeye and Thor. You get and Black you get, Widow and Iron Man 2. We really don't get introduced to anything new until Guardians. Until Guardians. Yeah. And Guardians is only four years ago. Wow. So when you think about it, in those 10 years, not much happens. Right. For the first it's, it's a four build. years. It's a real slow build. They they introduce new characters within the confines of their already established. Yep. It's like, oh, you get a character here, you get you know, you get Sam Wilson in, in Winter Soldier, you get you get all these other characters. Yeah. You get Vision in, in Age of Ultron. So I mean, Scarlet when you, Witch. When you put it in the timeline. But yeah, it's... Like, now the universe is just absolutely massive with characters. Oh, Everyone's yeah. in there. It took them... You can either look at it, it took them only 10 years to do it, or I can't believe it took them 10 years to do it. It was a real slow burn out of the gate. Yeah. Because you get to Avengers and you only have three major players involved yeah. at that point. They really focused on, on their main players. Like, mm-hmm. even now, like... You know, you know Doctor Strange and Ant Man, but they're not, they're not as developed as the others, as Captain America and Iron Man and Thor. Agreed. Maybe not Thor. Maybe Thor, not Thor. Thor's, Thor's kind changed. of been all over the map. Thor's changed quite a bit. Yeah. Hulk's kind of changed. Hulk has changed, but I think that was, that was a product of them not doing standalone Hulk movies because yeah. they didn't want Universal to distribute them. Correct. And a change of actor. And a general change in tone in the movies. Major change in tone. Because they put those two movies out back to back and Iron Man was the more successful one. Yeah. I guess. I don't really, I don't, I didn't look at numbers for Hulk yet, but I imagine it was. So that's the tone they decided to go forward with. The MCU at the box office. Yeah. Number one's really, really obvious. Is it Infinity War? It's not. Is it Black Panther? Damn right it is. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Completely deserved. Infinity War is number two. Followed by Marvel's The Avengers. When you look at this list, Iron Man, for being the first, is number 10. So it's directly in the middle. Okay. Um, opens 98 million. Yep. Respectable for 140 million. Yep. And it ends up making 318 million. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. More than doubles. Incredible Hulk comes out a month after Iron Man. Yeah. Does 55 million its opening weekend. Yeah. 
only makes 134 million in theaters. Oh, I wonder what the budget was on that movie. The budget on that is 150 million. It bombed. Oh wow, that's a complete bomb. Well, that that explains why the tone of the MCU going forward was more like Iron Man. It's true. Iron Man 2 doesn't do as well as Iron Man. No. It has a $200 million budget, which is a really, really big budget. Yeah. Uh, does under 28 opening weekend. Does 312, so it's only $6 million less. Yeah. It has a better opening weekend, but... But it just shows you where it's gone, because the next yeah. one out is Thor. Thor's number 17 on the list. Right. Out of the 20. Well, is we're people, not, I remember we're not when Thor came out, people were worried. They were like, I don't know. It's a lot. This, this one's really out there. Yeah. Like they were talking about before it came out, they were talking about Brad Pitt being attached to it just so they could get a name on it that people knew. But that didn't happen. I mean, the name they got was right. Natalie Portman. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah. But I mean, with Captain America, the first Avenger. Who was a mistake? It's number 19. So the way that the MCU is built is, I mean, you start big. Right. A lot of spinning of wheels there. and. To get going. And once the Avengers hit, four years later, I mean, it made 207 opening weekend and ended up doing $623 million. That's amazing. And it did all that on a $220 million budget. So it tripled. Wow. That's incredible. That's nuts. Especially when you look at what the three movies before it did. Yeah. So, I don't know. The MCU is a weird place. Yeah. Budget-wise, I guess it makes money. Yeah. But- there's a bomb right out of the gate. Yeah. I feel like that- and Disney still was like, I want it. If you think about it, what would have happened if they flipped that? What if they released- Hulk first. Hulk in May of 2008 and Iron Man in June? That's a good question. Iron Man has a better cast. Yeah. There's no denying that one. Yeah. I don't know. That's- uh... I mean, you got Edward Norton, Liv Tyler, and Tim Roth. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a weird threesome. It is. Especially next to Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, and Jeff Bridges. It's true. Yeah, I think they were they were banking too much on Hulk as a popular IP, bringing in more people. I can get that one. I can kind of I can get behind that one. I just don't know what depth there is to Hulk when it comes down to it, because it does play on to who's your lead character. Hulk, yeah, I get he's yeah. kind of two different people, but kind of kind yeah. yeah. But I mean, his arc through the last three Avengers movies has been. A bit, have they all been through Avengers? No, he was in Ragnarok. He probably, yeah, but he actually has an, an arc. Yeah. He has an arc now. Yeah. Which is nice. They're like, we need to write a story for Hulk here can throughout you do a these movies. Can you do a standalone for Hulk? I think you could now, but they won't because Universal has right of first refusal for That's distribution. True. That's so. fair. And I think they have it forever for that character because of the insane deals Marvel did to get all their characters back. well they just did anything they could to make money at that yeah. point not a secret no and they're still trying to collect things back i mean they only just got x-men yeah i mean it disney is the one that really i feel like helped big time best deal they could have made oh yeah i have a question for you okay so this is our third episode yes we've done batman 1989 we've done spider-man 2002 yep and now we're here in 2008 in 2008 with iron man rank them Rank them. Up to this point. Oh, boy. Every week we're going to add to this list, and we're going to try to plug it in somewhere. I feel like our rankings are going to be very different. I think so, too. But on, on account of me loving this movie. Yep. And you not liking not it. Not liking it. At all. I think I'm going to go Iron Man, Spider-Man, Batman. All right. And that's fair. Yeah. We're in agreement on one of them. 
Batman's last? I think so. Yeah. Because I really like that movie. I do too. But I just don't think it holds the weight that Iron Man holds it's at this all point. Over the because place you're too. looking at the biggest film franchise yeah. out there. Yeah. And I understand that like they've pulled off in ten years what James Bond pulled off in forty. Right. When it comes down right. to it in terms of movies. Yeah. Twenty two movies in ten years is no small feat. No, that's a lot. That's, that's a lot. That's insane. That's an insane number. All right, so I'll put us down for uh, Spider-Man as number one then. Okay. Iron if, Man number two. If you must. And uh, we, we can, I guess. Batman is number three. I guess if we're. <laughs> good, if we're, good we're in agreement. If we're operating off the same list, I can concede because Iron Man and Spider-Man are close. They are close. Just one's better because one has a story and good characters. Yeah. And, and one just has a guy who talks very fast. You done? Last week we talked about other directors and actors that were kind of attached to the project. Yeah. Did you find anything for this one? Oh, did I? Mm. Oh, boy. Do you remember our friends over at uh, the Canon Group who had the Spider-Man rights way back when? Are they back? Oh, they're back. All right. We're we're middle of the 1980s, and the Canon Group wants to make Iron Man. In the 1980s? In the 1980s. Plastic suit. Who do you think they wanted to play Tony Stark? In the 1980s? Yes. Arnold. Nope. Sly. Tom Selleck. You're kidding me. I am not kidding. Tom Selleck was- I uh, would have paid money to see that at any point. One of the first people attached to Iron Man. And uh, and it bounced around. Uh, in uh, 1990, uh, Universal owned the rights. Okay. And they, it was going to be directed by Stuart Gordon. I don't know who Stuart- Hold on. Neither do I. Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon. I'm on the IMDb right now. Let's see who this guy is. Stuart Gordon. I have an actor, Stuart Gordon. It's a just... Stuart with a U-A, not an E-W. Oh, the fancy Stuart. Hmm. Did Stuart Gordon happen to write The Reanimator? Possibly. All right. Did he direct The Reanimator too? Doesn't matter. All right. We'll assume it's him. Sure. Pretty inconsequential because after that- Oh, no. The, the rights go over to Fox. Just past the rights. Uh, in 1996. And now they want Nick Cage to play Tony Stark. And uh, why and they, didn't they, that happen? I don't know, because it's it's Iron Man and it's the '90s and he's a B character. And Just want to let you know, cares. I'm Iron Man. <laughs> After that, uh, Tom Cruise starts really campaigning to play the role. That's Iron. That's Iron Boy. To the point he's not where, big enough to play an adult man in a costume. To the point where he is willing to help finance it himself. Oh my God. Okay. Um, in 1999, Fox approaches Quentin Tarantino to direct it. They open up the suit, and it's just gold. It's just, yeah. And there's nothing there. <laughs> uh, that falls through, and in 2001, the rights go over to New Line Cinema, where Joss Whedon is attached to it. Really? Yeah. For a very short amount of time. Uh, and then in 2004, uh, Nick Cassavetes- That would be weird. Is, uh, is attached to it. So me and you were the only two people who have never been attached to this movie. Yeah, pretty much. And then in 2005, the rights reverted back to Marvel, and they started the script from scratch. And at one point in there, Stan Lee actually wrote a script that was regarded as pretty good. Okay. Uh, and then it eventually got thrown out when the rights reverted to Marvel and all that. Uh, for this iteration of Iron Man, other actors who were they were approaching, Clive Owen, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell would have been a really good Iron Man. Sam Rockwell and- Clive Owen, not so much. I don't think. Sam Rockwell ended up being in Iron Man 2. Yeah, but- As the bad guy. Yeah. And he's- <laughs> And he's pretty good. Great. But I, he would have been a really good uh, Iron Man. They offered the role to Hugh Jackman at one point, which would have been 
So weird because X-Men had just come out. Yeah, I don't like that one. Yeah, and Timothy Olfant read for the, the role too, which I love. Like if it didn't go to RDJ, that's who I would want to play it. He's got the look. He's got the attitude. He's got the quips. He's got all that, but I don't really, I don't like it too much, tell you the truth, because, I mean, right in that time, he's coming off of Live Free or Die Hard as the villain. Yeah. And he's not good in that. I mean... I feel like he's too stiff. Maybe. That's why I can kind of see Sam Rockwell, because he can get off the walls pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, if he had to. I think Tom Cruise would have been an absolute disaster. Oh, for sure. Clive Owen, I don't, I don't care watch. for it. I don't really like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't a fan of that one either, but... I don't like the Sam thought Rockwell, of I, I, him I, and, Tom, and uh, Mark Ruffalo in a movie together, because uh, they both confuse me that's, sometimes. Okay. Sure. Don't sure. know why. And the I only got, other like, thing face I blindness for them. <laughs> They're the same person. I've never <laughs> seen them in the same room. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Iron Man's body, it's his bodyguard. I couldn't find any uh, alternate casting mentions for Obadiah Stane. Jeff Bridges had that role on lock, apparently. Deserved. Terrence Howard was the first person they hired for the movie. So Yeah, yeah. I don't think they were ever. He's the one who, I mean, he's the one who got Downey in there. Yeah. And then they were like, we're not paying you for two. Have fun. But uh, they did want Rachel McAdams to play Pepper Potts. Okay. Um, and she turned the role down. That's a different and character entirely. She showed up later in Doctor Strange. So. Yeah, no, she did. She was great in Doctor Strange. She was excellent, yeah. But that's a totally different character. Yeah, it would like have changed it a lot, yeah. Way too bubbly, because I like the way well, Gwyneth Paltrow plays play it. play pretty serious. She can. I don't think she would have in that role. That's fair. I feel like Gwyneth Paltrow has kind of like a stoicism about her. Yeah. Where I like at the end of all their dialogue, it's like, is that all Mr. Stark? That's all Miss Potts. And it's kind of like a yeah. nice little touch to it. Yeah. But she plays a lot of stuff kind of tongue in cheek where she is professional, but she can also, right. it's very personable still of like, no, we are relationship deeper than boss and play. We yeah. both know that. Yeah. Yada, yada. But I feel like Rachel McAdams has just been too cute and bubbly for it. That's fair. I, yeah, I agree with that. That's all I have on that. I'm happy we found a movie that I don't like that you like. And I'm sure too. we're going to find one that you don't like that I like I'm at some sure point. I'm sure we will. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's been Iron Man. That's been Iron Man. So don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts from. Yeah. We'll let you know where we're going to be once we figure that out. Maybe a Reddit. Maybe a Twitter. Something like that. Somewhere. You know, someplace. We'll figure it out. We'll be on on some sort of maybe MySpace. Maybe my. Don't let me find this on your MySpace. <laughs> Put down your gang sign. <laughs> <laughs> no, peace. Great. Well, until next time. Oh, am I supposed to have something for this? I didn't have anything either. For all the quips and humor, not a lot of one-liners. Nope. They're all like sarcastic retorts. Sarcastic rhubarbs? I don't know. That's, nope. for- that's too forced. Nope. So until next time. Get me a scotch, I'm starving. It's a garbage fucking score. <laughs>
And that's Iron Man. So, we had Nick Fury. What do you think happens after the post-credits scene? Post-post-credits? Post-post-credits. I think that you're down in his little basement workshop thing again. Mm-hmm. And Tony Stark's sitting there. His shirt's off or his shirt's on, doesn't matter. The hole's going to be visible. Either way. Right. Completely visible. And he starts, uh, he starts stroking his Iron Man. And he takes out the arc reactor. He starts going with a little uh, autoerotic cardiac arrest as he's getting off. And Pepper <laughs> walks in and he goes, this is the worst thing you've seen me doing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. What do you think? <laughs> wow. <clears throat> so there's a press conference and you have uh, Terrence Howard. It's up there in front of everybody talking about probably, I don't know, probably like another uh, training exercise going wrong or something when uh, something just kind of like explodes on the podium in front of him. <laughs> I have an idea where this is going. <laughs> and, uh, and then you cut to the hospital and they're unwrapping the gauze around his face <laughs> and it's Don Cheadle. <laughs> And he goes, how are we going to explain this one, Tony? <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> oh, man, I love that. 